<laughs> I think that's a perfect start. <laughs> that was awesome. I'm with my dear friend Phil, aka Astro Phil. And I asked him today when I showed up at his house, says, hey, would you be willing to have a little conversation with me about what is happening right now with the collective? Because all of us can feel it. And me personally, this has been a year where I have been able to understand astrology on a little bit more deeper level, um, pretty much because I'm feeling it a lot more strongly. And as you pay attention to things that are happening in the celestial bodies, you can have a correlation to what's happening in your daily life and also why it is that you're feeling certain things at certain points in time. And right now I feel like this is a huge transition. There's something happening here with the collective and with just us all awakening to something greater than ourselves, something that has more push towards purpose and more of a opening mm. to just how we all move and interact with one another in the world and how we interna interact with the world itself. So today I would like to talk to you, Phil, about what you have noticed in these first couple months of 2021 and um, just share your own personal experience as well as the things that you have been studying with your astrology and with the things that have um, come up with your clients. Obviously do not share anything um, too personal because it is confidential with your clients, um, but anything that you find that is pertinent um, to share with just what's happening with all of us mm -hmm. and why we're all feeling this crazy shift. Hmm. Well, I'd say as far as the planets are concerned, um, one of the biggest overriding uh, planetary interactions of, of this Gregorian calendar year is um, some tension between Saturn and Uranus. Mm. And uh, <laughs> they're very different. They they have uh, very different energetic signatures. So Uranus is um, concerned primarily with the present moment. And from that, um, we can gather a lot. Uh, and there's a lot of, uh, you could call them symptoms of, of that, that energy. Um, for instance, not, not being interested in consequences. Uh, or um, not being concerned with how we got here, you know, just but there's also like a very zen sort of vibe to some Uranus. Um, one of the pitfalls of being too Uranian is that whatever you're doing, you feel very inspired, but there's no lasting impact. Uh, so it comes up a lot in uh, social movements and. Um, with Saturn interacting with Uranus, what we have is the opportunity to make lasting change because Saturn's principle is things that last a long time. Mm. Saturn wants things to last and be built with integrity. Uh, so Saturn is very structural. And Saturn's at home in Aquarius. And Aquarius is a, a sign that's very concerned with organizing human beings. <laughs> it wants to create systems that allow us to function more efficiently 
Um, so it's very political, you could say. So Saturn and Uranus together, they kind of butt heads because one of them is very grandfatherly. Um, that would be Saturn. And Uranus is more like the rebellious teen. So what is the marriage of the two? It's something like the truth being revealed, like a, a, a greater truth being revealed. And I feel like that's that's been a very strong theme this year so far, is that if you're watching, if you're paying attention, the truth is revealed over and over and over again about structures that are not sound, um, ways of being that aren't functioning the way they're supposed to. You know, lately it's been a lot of focus around the justice system, the criminal justice system, uh, policing. These are systems that were built um, hopefully to not do what they're doing because they're not functioning well, but it's, it's just so obvious now. And there's a lot of attention on it. So w the main choice that we have is do we, do we react? Do we say, okay, well, I'm going to do it another way. Th this is a really big time for creating a new system or altering our systems for how we relate to each other and, and how, how we want to do things. There's a lot of uh, good creative energy toward doing things a new way, um, and hopefully that way has integrity and is mixed mixed in with some older traditions that we can recognize as functional, and maybe we can get rid of those traditions or ways that don't really serve us or aren't really doing what they're supposed to do. Mm. Yeah, I personally felt that in my own life of what is not serving me and how can I do things in a different way to be more authentic, to be able to live the life that I want to live, but also to show up in the world in the way that is for the highest good of not just myself, but everybody. And I feel like a lot of people are feeling that right now. And by understanding like this astrological aspect, of how this is influencing us all on the collective, but also all in our personal lives. It's a way that we can basically gain more power and empower ourselves by having more information about what's happening. Another thing that has been super beneficial as I learn more about astrology is how there is specific things that will um, benefit the timing of things, like paying attention to what's happening um, in the skies can help us have a better harmony with timing things throughout um, our daily lives or like just making big decisions like for example um, holding off uh, to make a big decision until there is a certain alignment with uh, the moon not being void of course for example um, so if you could talk about any of those other subtleties that people can start off by having this relationship with astrology that would be awesome well the moon is very close <laughs> the moon is you know the closest celestial body so i think that's always a great place to start um, uh, we use the moon here to govern or you know <clears throat> when we're gonna plant when we're gonna mulch when we're gonna mow when we're gonna do a lot of things and the moon has a big impact on us, so um, I think that that's probably the best place to start. 
thing, like for me personally, when I first found out about my moon, like for example, in my chart, I am Capricorn moon and I have a Virgo Leo sun, more Virgo than Leo. And for the longest time, I didn't really understand uh, why my personality liked so much structure um, with having the, I mean, Virgo definitely does like structure as well. But when I understood my moon a little bit more, um, being in Capricorn, and some people think that your moon sign maybe even has just as much, if not more, influence than your sun sign. Um, so then talking about what other things in your natal chart might affect you other than your sun and your moon. Um, can you talk a little bit more about um, the subtleties in that? Like what in the world is your ascendant or rising sign? So hmm, the ascendant is concerned with um, the area of sky that's on the eastern horizon at the moment of your birth. Um, but aside from that you know because a lot of us don't know what moment we were born really um, you know it, it'd be beneficial if we did but go back in history that's not the case um, so knowing a moon sign is, is pretty important but not as important as the position of that moon in relation with other planets uh, the moon is very much grounded in the past for the, the personal past where you come from your family, um, hmm, just your roots. And if you think about feelings and emotions, a lot of the ways that we react to a given stimulus, you know, whatever we're feeling, um, whatever we end up, however we end up responding, it's very grounded in our past. Like uh, the, the past feeds into our, our emotional bodies, emotional reactions. So. I think the past is, is kind of like the the key of the moon, but that's in the natal chart. And uh, in our daily lives, the moon has a lot to say about uh, the creative process. And um, if, if the moon is, you know, on its way to full, then that's a really good time to be engaging in, in some sort of culminative creative process. Hmm. Uh, if the moon is waning, uh, it's a really nice time to do things to prepare for that next that next creative process were to like make the finishing touches mm. and then there's the uh, the balsamic that last phase before the new moon it's a it's a dark time it's a really nice time to just take it easy um, at the same time we're living in this uh, reality sort of <laughs> that's very much manufactured and so we don't uh, a lot of us aren't empowered to be in step and faithful with actual time we're, there's people who are just um, they're forced to live a certain schedule that doesn't have variation it doesn't have fluctuation or doesn't um, have uh, revolution you know things going around the circular nature of time uh, the cyclical nature of time is is the way that time wants to be and so we've we've got a whole bunch of cultures um, Western society essentially is is living in a sort of a manufactured time reality that's outside of actual time as we understand it um, as astrologers those of us who who spend our lives reading time and reading energy um, but yeah that 
As far as uh, your own personal natal, natal chart, I think for everybody, knowing your natal chart is a birthright. If you know what time you were born, if you know what day you were born, you have an incredible gift to get to know yourself deeply and then to learn about your evolutionary path. How can you open yourself up? We, we don't want get to get to a relationship with our birth chart where we're, we're not liking it. Where we're saying, oh, I have uh, <sighs> Mars in Cancer, um, which, which is where Mars is right now. And, uh, and, and I read somewhere on the internet that that was bad. Well, there's, <laughs> there's a whole evolutionary journey with Mars in Cancer that if you take it, you can really expand on that energy and just become incredibly powerful um, and, and expressive. So the natal chart is full of uh, of potential especially in, in concern with elevating yourself um, getting to know yourself and moving karma I mean we have opportunity in this life to to change the future mm. yeah I heard that basically Mars and cancer is the reason why there is a little bit of I guess you s could say tension or just Mars is in a water sign basically right now and it's not quote unquote where it li it's likes to be is that accurate or like is there something more to that that it, I'm just simplifying it too much well it's it's good to be simple <laughs> um, Mars actually yeah Mars is not at home in cancer Mars is in the moon's house it's like hey moon uh, can I hang out here um, I'm this like very active Mars person uh, and Moon's like, well, you know, things come and go, and I guess you can stay here, but uh, you'll just have to go with the flow, kind of. And yeah, Mars isn't very comfortable in that setting. Mars needs to be forward. Mm -hmm. Mars, Mars is about action. Mm -hmm. um, so Mars can be uncomfortable in Cancer, and then that action energy can be um, rerouted internally and so uh, a lot of issues with Mars and Cancer have to do with emotion and are we being true to our, our own emotions mm. and our own feelings uh, we also have Mars out of bounds right now which is which has to do with where Mars is on the ecliptic in the sky if, if you look up at night and you're here on the northern hemisphere with us then you'll notice that Mars is actually really far north I mean it's still in the southern sky but Mm -hmm. It's pretty pretty dang far north, um, farther north than the sun will ever be, for instance. Um, and so that, that has a lot to say about seeing something that's going on that makes you uncomfortable and that you recognize is not right and not being able to sit still about it. You have to do something about it. Mm. Um, so... People with Mars and Cancer often get uh, get involved in some sort of activism, or you know, uh, they have a strong desire to, to change to change things. And so coming back to like how you can turn that dynamic into like a superpower, like if you amplify and work with that aspect in your chart, it's not a weakness; it can be a gift. Oh yes, yes. Tension in the chart is is often just like building block for in, an incredible superpower yes i love that yeah i like that too that's a lot with what i feel like i'm working with too with sound is where people experience trauma 
and it, when they're able to work with it and move, move through mm. it and vocalize mm. it and understand it, oftentimes those are the people that are able to help others move through that as well. So like that comes to one in particular thing in the sky that has definitely been on the radar for this year. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, go ahead. Um, Chiron. Oh. Yeah, Chiron's on the radio all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So can you talk a little bit about this? I had no idea about um, this incredibly powerful um, yet not very well-known influence in our lives. Can you talk a little bit about Chiron? Oh, Olivia, I want to teach you about Chiron. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, I'm so glad that you found Chiron. Um, Chiron, the Chiron journey, it's a 50-year journey. Um, so, you know, with our Saturn return, we, we hear about that a lot. happens around every 30 years, Saturn returns to the spot it was when you were born. So Chiron has a 50-year has a cycle. And so we have our Chiron return when we're around 50. Um, I, I consider it a bit of a threshold into elderhood. You know, when you have that Chiron return, it's like, okay, I'm really stepping into... Uh, being whole and now I can now I can teach from from my trauma or from from my past you know from from these events that that uh, inform my being um, Chiron physically is a planetoid out there it, it has a pretty interesting orbit um, it's pretty wide it's not like the other planets it, so it's it's in between Saturn and Uranus um, but it, sometimes it's close to Saturn, sometimes it's close to Uranus. Sometimes it'll spend, you know, a very long time in a sign, and sometimes it'll zip right through a sign. Right now, it's uh, taking its time running through Aries. Um, one of the main lessons about Chiron is finding your voice. And so that's, <laughs> that's mm. like, I feel like it feeds so much into your work because, like, if, if we can become comfortable with ourselves um, and really speak from, like, a deep, soul truth then we have well we're we're living that chiron that chiron narrative um learning how to be just super authentic and true to yourself and th that involves a lot of self-acceptance which can be a 50-year a, a journey <laughs> <laughs> um you know if if, if, if we're challenged with, with Chiron, then maybe we have some self-defeating tendencies um, or just issues with uh, speaking our truth or um, being heard. Um, and so some of th th these things, do they just take time to move through? And Chiron is, uh, it shares a root with, uh, with Kairos, this term, um, this Greek term for... Um, right time or what we have what we now call divine time mm. um, which astrology is super tied in with and it, it, it it's time outside of how we understand it as a as a construct you know 24-hour days and um you know on june 16th i'm gonna do this uh kairos doesn't give a shit about that <laughs> <laughs> um so kairos comes into play with chiron a lot they're they're, they're intertwined and these you know, sometimes we get triggered. Sometimes things get brought up that cause things to uh, rise up within us, and you know we're we're uncomfortable, and that has a lot to do with with Kairos, and it, it it's about not suppressing that. It, it's about trying to integrate that. Mm -hmm. 
um, and, you know, sometimes suppressing it for, for a time is part of that integration journey. It, it's supposed to take a long time, and that's totally okay. Mm. Um, but yeah, that you, you, you know, there's so much more to finding one's truth, to finding one's voice than just like learning how to sing. Yep. Yep. And it's a big part of it for, for me is that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be healed in mm. order to help others heal. Coming back, I've heard Chiron be referred to as like the wounded healer and how you can offer your gifts and, and help other people while you still need help yourself. So that's been a huge lesson for me to not hold myself back and not start just because I'm not quote unquote fully healed myself. Healing is a journey. It's not, there is no end point and there's always going to be something that comes up that is needing your attention to work through. And it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It's just the lessons that are moving through your life. So coming back to that divine timing, yeah, I, I did not know about the Greek root being Greek myself. Thank you for <laughs> that little tidbit. Yeah, mm. that's really cool. Trying to think of a Greek word right now <laughs> to be quippy, but I don't have one. <laughs> Maybe you'll come up with one as we as we move forward. Well, the thing that I really want to um, hone in on is this aspect of working with our timing in our own charts. So as you have noticed this past year, people are more interested in their own charts. They're picking up on this um, subtleties of how this can influence their lives and, and just having more power by having more knowledge. Knowledge is power and especially related to how your specific blueprint of when you came into the world and how to work through it because it influences how you move through the world. And why I say that you have noticed this? Because many more people have started to reach out to you. And um, just, just getting to know a little bit more about how to work with this timing. Like how do we, how do we go about uh, looking up our specific chart and then correlating it to what is the best timing for us to do things? Um, or on a more general level, like for example, when I asked you to do this, you're just like, this is a great day to do this because of what's happening um, in the skies today. Um, so maybe just start off with that. What is happening in the skies today? <laughs> uh, well, Mercury and Venus are, are very close together um, in Taurus, and they're also very close to the planet Uranus. Um, and that's, that's in a, what's called a square with Saturn. In, in Aquarius, so we're see, we're maybe feeling um, a lot of inventive energy, you know, mental, um, but also inventive, very electric, and we're wondering if uh, if if our idea is 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 worth a damn, if it's mm. gonna last, you know, um, you may be starting creative projects that fizzle out, or you may be doing something really inventive that's gonna gonna like change your tra trajectory um, I spoke about it being a positive day for me personally because there, there are ways that these planets and where they're positioned can relate to your natal chart and uh, 
they can do that in a positive way and in, in, in a flowing way and it's good to be very aware of that so when I got into astrology I had a really big issue with anxiety um, and just not ever knowing what was coming next uh, just feeling really out of whack emotionally and mentally but then uh, I learned about my natal chart and then I learned about this thing called transits and so what there's a free tool on the internet on astro.com you enter your birth data and you get your birth chart and then you can get like a daily forecast that's way more specific than a horoscope it has to do with all the planets and um, it can really at least for me learning about how to follow my transits and um, what energies were affecting me on a day-to-day -day basis <laughs> made me so much more relaxed uh, and self-aware and, and grounded in time so if you can like really start to feel and, and be more aware of mm, your your cycles essentially then you're gonna be extremely empowered mm -hmm. and less disempowered you know I was just so suspended um, all the time and I felt helpless mm -hmm. But then when once I realized what was happening, you know, that I was moving through this or that, I was able to just accept things. I, I can accept that, you know, maybe I'm feeling a whole lot of uh, Mars energy one day. Um, and, okay, Mars transits usually last for maybe around five days. And so I'm like, okay, well, now that I'm aware of that, let's let's get the wheels moving, you know. This is the time for me to do something because if I don't, if I sit still and uh, piddle around on the internet or some crap, then I'm going to be really testy and um, really ir irritable. So I know if Mars is, is acting um, on me in some way that I can take advantage of that, that I have a lot of physical energy right now that I could do some shit that I wouldn't be able to do on, on another day. You know, I, I could do it faster. I could do it. Um, with more strength so that's that's just one helpful thing uh, other planets that are further out they move slower Pluto Pluto's the one that that gets a lot of people to reach out to me um, that's I think what got me to reach out to you <laughs> <laughs> when, whenever Pluto's making moves in uh, over a, a spot in, in someone's natal chart they often um, feel very helpless and like well what's going on because this isn't going away you know, I, I feel like a lot of my skeletons are coming up and uh, somebody's shining the light in my in my proverbial closet. Um, and so people can feel pretty helpless uh, about that and kind of mired in, in the muck, so to speak. And Pluto transits generally last a year and a half to two and a half years. Um, so it th they can bring on a whole lot of transformation and you cannot recognize yourself looking back you know at the end of a pluto transit so it's helpful to know that too like okay well hmm why why are like all my relationships not working out right now i i, I feel really like obsessive or uh, really fixated on relationship and yet none of them are, are painting out they're all they're all very challenging like how come i can't just like meet somebody where it's like flowing and then maybe Pluto's got something to say about that. Maybe you're supposed to be transforming the way you relate. And all these challenges are helping you get to a more um, evolved state. Mm 
where you know if somebody comes around um, somebody special like Sacha Louise for instance uh, in, in my case then you're ready you know yeah yep yeah oh yes she's definitely gonna be on another upcoming podcast that you all will have to tune in for special one dear to both of our hearts definitely mm-hmm. um partner fills and magical being as well doing sacred work coming into her power that's what this is year is about i feel us all coming into our power us all stepping into more of a life purpose and restructuring breaking down what's not working it's pretty apparent what is not working and we got to be honest with it we got to be honest we might not know what's coming but man I'm excited about it, even though I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> One interesting thing with, with Saturn and Uranus right now and how they're kind of asking us to um, get on a new track, so to speak. Uh, right in between them is Neptune. And sometimes, you know, we can feel this energy you're talking about of like, all right, you know, things are changing. I need to do something new. I need to step into my power. Um but then somebody like Neptune can, can come in and be like, what am I supposed to actually do? You know, it, it's okay to feel confused right now about about what's true, what, what to believe. Um, so many untruths are being exposed. It's really hard to tell what's true. And, and it, it, we're living in a very interesting time where we can actually pick and choose what we believe <laughs> you know um there's no greater authority anymore that's uh, that that that's got us and is forcing us to believe something we essentially can can choose our own truth right now in, in so many ways um and it it, it, it that is a, a a heavy burden for a lot of folks it's like you know what's real i don't even know what's real and that's that's uh that's definitely Neptune hanging out at what we call the midpoint between Saturn and Uranus. It's it's nestled right in between them, and so there's there's a lot of uh, people who don't feel grounded um, during all this and don't feel like they're they're ready to make a move. They're um, they're just kind of biding their time, and that's that's the way to handle Neptune. Interesting. About how long is that? Uh, relationship gonna last it is loosening it's most certainly loosening um it was more prominent in this first third of the year i'd I'd consider it loosening but it's uh it is certainly interesting from from a, a a removed perspective of like well there if there are so many choices to make about what we regard as true you know and what is the the grounding that we will spring from in our action? A lot of people can feel very debilitated and, and um, immobile and kind of mired in this uh, a, a sort of ambivalence. But there's something to treasure about that 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 is often overlooked. Um, it, it can be a very magical and mystical space to to be confused you know there's there's something to embrace there we don't have to, to just feel feel bad about it um, you can actually make the choice to, to not believe anything and to just be and to just let things wash wash over you 
and I, I find that actually be, to be very entrancing to me right now is just to, to exist in a sort of ambivalence and let my uh, let my beliefs fluctuate. Yeah, to just be okay with whatever is. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, God damn, this was awesome. Uh, before we sign off, I just want to ask you, how can people find you if you have time? I know that you are in high demand for people. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm not even joking right now. Uh, but seriously, how can people find you and um, what is it that you offer? Okay, uh, you can go to my website, which is outofboundsastrology.com. And that's that's pretty much where, where I like to work through. I like to work through email reach out that way don't show up at our doorstep even though you know i'm sure it looks inviting um <laughs> uh, the, i offer uh you know natal chart readings and uh astrocartography readings and so uh, astrocartography tends to take up at least 50 percent of my clientele and i really enjoy that work it has to do with space instead of time or the, the marriage of time and space and and um what what a given place holds for a, a human being as far as energy and so um i i do this a lot i help people uh, find home and, and relocate or um, I, I help them inform their their travels so it's basically what place on the planet would be most beneficial for them for a specific intention mm, yes exactly it's all about that intention is it is it party <laughs> is it uh, build a family you know there's lots of different intentions is it spiritual spiritual growth um, and it's it's really interesting being able to do so many of these readings in the past year I, I feel like certain places um, keep popping up as being like safe and supportive for people uh, like like these places are, are calling people in um, especially my clients for some reason I'm like working f I'm like working for and for the, the, the spirits of given places, it, it, it's almost like places that I've never even heard of um, before this year and that I've certainly that I've never been to, but these places seem to be calling wonderful people to them. So I, that's just something interesting that's come from it. Awesome. Well, I can't thank you enough, Phil, AKA Astro Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously, we are sitting in front of a window that he just put into his house. It is gorgeous. It overlooks a dead tree that woodpeckers, cardinals, other birds have come by in the past hour as we have recorded this. Um, mm. This place definitely called you to be here and to be stewards of this land. And Absolutely. it is just an honor to be here with you today, man. Thank you. I consider myself extremely lucky to know you, Olivia. Awesome. Thank you for having me. You are so, so, so welcome, and I am so grateful. Awesome.